don't predict the worst for yourself because you just push that belief into the universe and it can become self-prophetic. It happened to me and I do not wish that on anyone. We have to actively push out positivity into the world so that we can reap those rewards. Hey guys, welcome to the Not Alone Wolf podcast, where beautiful lonesome wolves gather to remind each other that we are actually part of a pack. I am your host, Reem, and today we'll be talking about self-fulfilling prophecies and how when you are someone that is chronically depressed or anxious, you can really be the root cause of your own pain. Today, I will be sharing my experience with one of my many self-fulfilling prophecies, and maybe you can learn to avoid making these kinds of errors in the future. So sit down and relax, prepare to laugh, because this is one crazy story, but it's based on real-life events. Okay, so I'm going to spoil the ending just now and let you all know that I am divorced. (laughs) Okay, all jokes aside, let's just jump into the DeLorean for a minute and go back into the past. In 2013, I was a junior in college and I had finally met someone that today I can truly say is my best friend. I don't know if she wants her name to be mentioned here, so we'll just call her Cece. So Cece and I, we come from very culturally diverse backgrounds. She is an African-American woman who is literally one of the smartest people that I know and is currently earning her PhD at Stanford. I am a Muslim-American woman and my background culture is Middle Eastern. So when we first met, she was very curious to know what the process is like for me to date. I basically told her I am not really allowed to date. <laughs> uh, lots of complications there, but anyways. I remember us eating in and out in my black Ford Fiesta and just really getting into this discussion. I explained that the process uh, begins by me finding someone uh, or introducing him to my parents basically immediately as soon as I find them. We would get engaged, but being engaged in the Middle Eastern culture is not as serious as American culture. Basically, when we get engaged, all that means is we are announcing that we are dating exclusively, but you can break off the engagement if you feel like you know, this just isn't right or working out. And it happens all the time. It's pretty uh, normalized. The rings we buy are similar to the concept of promise rings here in America. You basically are just announcing that you will be committed to getting to know one another. And if you both feel that this is not working, you split it off and it's really no hard feelings. Afterwards, If things go well, then you can commence with your wedding preparation and plans. But what happens if you don't meet your man or future wifey in college, which is typically the time that parents are suspecting their baby wolves are on the hunt? Well, that will be resolved via an arrangement. Now, arranged marriages in my culture is totally different than the stereotype that, you know, surrounds arranged marriages these days. 
in my religion and culture, the women gets to meet potential bachelors and go out with them a couple times. And from there, you can select whomever you please. It's almost like online dating, where you swipe through a bunch of photos and then you select a handful of people to meet. Only you are doing this using the recommendations that were given to you by your parents or mutual friends or family friends. So, Cece is a believer in letting things happen naturally. She felt like this is just so invasive to have so many people involved getting the show on the road. And to an extent, I do agree with her. However, I'm a minority within a minority. That means my pool of guys is literally less than a percent chance of finding someone that would be suitable. I distinctly remember sitting in my car with her and I told her this this phrase verbatim. I said, you know, Cece, I think I will probably be arranged, have a kid, and then get divorced because I just don't think that the right person is out there for me. Remember, the year is 2013, guys. Now back to the DeLorean and we speed up to the fall of 2015. I had graduated college and I'm unemployed and I can't find work. I'm so depressed because I felt like I was the only person on the planet that couldn't get a job right out of college. Um, obviously not true, but whatever. I, I convinced myself of that. My dearest and beloved mother was just trying to cheer me up and she believed that if I had a significant other, I would be happier. And so she decided to take me on my bachelorette tour in Egypt to meet some potential suitors. Leaving the U.S. and going into a pool with greater chances made sense, right? It makes sense, but I was aware that although the chances to meet someone that ticks all the boxes, you know, Muslim male, educated, speaks Arabic and English, knows the culture, it obviously would be easier to find there. And indeed, there was, uh, you know, this line circling the block. <laughs> just kidding. It was just, you know, maybe half a dozen people. All of their resumes to apply for the position of my husband checked out. And so it was just about really testing the water, seeing if our personalities would jive. I'll tell you that Cece did not like this at all. She said that there would be culture gaps and there are certain aspects of my life that are really complicated and she was worried that these guys really wouldn't be able to have the patience to understand because after all, my default setting is anxiety and discussing mental health in my culture is non-existent. So what happened next? I got engaged to one of those people got out of, you know, got out with them a couple times just to see if I'm comfortable and, you know, I wasn't 100% sure and I don't think anyone can ever really be 100% sure, but what could possibly go wrong? During that following year of 2016, we mostly were online dating via Skype and talking almost every day. 
Um, in the summer of 2016, I got married and actually moved to live in Egypt for about six months. Mind you, I had never lived in any other country outside of the U.S. before. Um, it felt really good to kind of just be somewhere else and get my head out of being unemployed here and just try something different and adventurous, and it really was. I mean, I was pretty lucky in that I was able to find a job teaching English at an American school for kindergartners. It was super fun getting to know these kids, and I really loved them. They were kind of like my pups, and they were going, they were all going through some really difficult things in life, and these are just, you know, four and a half year olds. Um, the whole experience just made me feel really wholesome. I was also kind of reserved about having kids of my own, and getting to be a teacher sort of made me want to have them because they were just all so sweet. I wanted to wait to have my first, but I had gotten pressured in my marriage to have one immediately, and it's it's unfortunate, right, that things have to go down that way, um, but I don't know, I suppose in the grand scheme of things, and they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. I really wouldn't have it any other way. I love my daughter, and she's just perfect to me. Um... I came back to the States in January of 2017 because around that time I was about six months pregnant and still 23 years old, so I thought, hey, I'm going to use my dad's insurance, Obamacare. (laughs) So, of course, I wanted to get my health expenses covered here because my job in Egypt didn't give me any health insurance, and of course the cost of labor was really expensive, but... Uh, the service or the medical service would the quality of it would be really low so um yeah coming back was obviously a no-brainer in june of 2017 my baby was born and my husband at the time was still in egypt because he had his um, medical school internship that he had to complete and this was really a critical part of you know his degree process um, that needed to be completed. It was sort of our emergency plan that if he didn't pass his board exams in the States, then we could just move back to Egypt and he can have a career there as a doctor. Uh, My intent was to never do anything to cause this person to not be able to have a career and be successful in supporting his family. So I wanted all of our options to be open to us um, in case, you know, things didn't go as planned. Y'all are probably thinking, this girl is insane. Why would you move to a third world country? And why would you, you know, not have him come and attend the baby's delivery and birth just to finish an internship? Guys, I don't know. At the time, I thought what I was doing, obviously, was the right thing to do. Um, So, it is what it is. Uh, Till this day, I'm not even really sure if if it was the right thing. But, that's the sequence of events. In January of 2018, my ex comes to the States and he meets his daughter for the first time in person. It was such a sweet and happy reunion. But it really did not take very long for all of the issues that we had while we were living together to just resurface. And 
when I was over there, I kind of was in massive denial. I was like, no, you know, he doesn't mean to be like this. He doesn't mean to be like that. I'm just taking it the wrong way. Um, there was a lot of gaslighting and things like that. So it just messed with my head so much. My little heart couldn't take it anymore. And a week before my ex's birthday, I had asked for a divorce. I know you guys are probably like, your timing totally sucked. <laughs> like, why would you do that? But I cannot explain to you how bad my panic attacks were. And just crying all the time on my commute to work, in the break room. I was just, I had become insane. I do want to add that my daughter was a blessing um, to me because actually really I felt like when she came I was gifted this amazing opportunity and I got this job when she was around seven months old and everything just fell into place it was so perfect like there's no way I could have ever planned that so obviously I believe in higher power and I believe that it was God that put all those pieces together for me Um, She is seriously an integral part of my success in life and why I do what I do. In November of 2018, and $15,000 burnt in lawyer fees, my divorce was finally finalized. And I'm going to play a song that helped me get through that crap. So, What have we learned today, my dear friends? We learned that I screwed myself over back in 2013. (laughs) When I described to my best friend my exact life prediction, I mean, why in the world did I do that? Why don't I believe that I deserve good things? It was really probably last year, I would say, 2019, that I started to really work on changing my mindset. And I only say things that I want to happen and I work towards those goals. For example, I'm really interested in real estate and I want to grow that business before buying, you know, any of my, like any properties at all. I was telling everyone, I am going to be a real estate mogul that's it. I was reading books. I was listening to experts in the field. I was talking to people. I was doing research. Um, I communicated with uh, other people who are involved in the business that um, are colleagues in my workplace that have been successful. I would hear people trying to tell me all of the time about how I would fail and the risk involved and all the energy that's, you know, required to maintain that kind of a business. Now, listen, I mean, I took all of that as fuel to just prove them wrong. This year, in 2020, I purchased my first two condos. Now, listen, not everything is perfect because obviously with COVID, one of my units has been vacant due to the, you know, um, government shutdowns and people not moving around. In fact, people are getting evicted right and left due to losing their jobs and all of the chaos that's happened. But even though I'm taking on water, 
by having a vacancy, I refuse to give up and I'm not obsessing over the problem, but rather figuring out a solution and the best way to implement that solution. So say good things to yourself and invest in learning about those things. Nothing is going to happen overnight. Things are not always going to go as smoothly as you would like, but man, when it comes to fruition, that feeling is just incomprehensible. I can't describe the amount of joy it gives me and how it chips away at a lot of those insecurities and gives you the strength to say, you know what? I am strong. I can do this and I'm unstoppable. Thank you for listening into my podcast. Please subscribe to my channel and let me know if you if you enjoyed this. Um, if you want to hear more details about what happened. Um, and, you know, maybe I could give some advice about how to steer clear of certain issues. I mean, man, this story goes on and on. This whole process was like two or three years long. So, yeah. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for you know, listening into this one. This was a long one, but a good one. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week. See ya.